What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Who's on the phone, Evan? Oh, Chuck's here. It's a good thing you guys read through that script. Um, Chuck Carlton of the Dallas Morning News is here straight from uh, Bucky's. Bucky's. Yes. Chuck, are you there at Bucky's? Uh, yes, right off of uh, I-35, headed to a Charlie Strong press conference. But I think when they scheduled it last week for the uh, for the off week, they thought it would be a little more upbeat than what it will be instead of a, uh, you know, the Vance Bedford, uh, is he still decent? a defense coordinator or not press conference. All right, well, here's the thing. Bring him some Bucky Nuggets. Charlie loves those Bucky Nuggets from yeah. there. Don't we all? Um, what are those things? Those are just pure unadulterated I, sugar. I, I think it's just sugar, yeah. The fudge. Because if you get, yeah. like, six pieces, you get two pieces free. And you don't even like fudge, right? You get to, Evan, <laughs> and Why Kevin, is it that you do that? Kevin, because there are two pieces free. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring... We, oh, cookies, my God. I'm bringing fudge. Chuck... <laughs> So, Chuck, what happened to the Big 12 this weekend? Uh, the thing that's kind of been happening to the Big 12 uh, all season long, uh, not showing up, being exposed. I mean, this is a, uh, a conference right now whose college football playoff hopes are basically uh, life support. Two undefeated teams left. I mean, you can just run up and down the numbers. But uh, maybe the one that's the, uh, the most striking is that uh, since the conference was formed in 1996, this is the first time that there has been a Big 12 team in the uh, top 15 in the AP poll. Yes, but Baylor, I mean, you, but, but you're picking because Baylor is 16. But Baylor is 16. Which I mean, play North, uh, Northwestern State, SMU, and Rice. Hey, they're undefeated, Wait, okay? Barry? I, I mean, anybody in the Big 12 outside of Kansas and maybe Iowa State would be undefeated with that schedule. <laughs> So now, now uh, here's the thing I want to run past you, Chuck, because I and I agree about everything you just said about the Big 12. But, you know, we pound these guys and pound them and pound them and pound them about playing tougher schedules. Right. So they play tougher schedules and they get beat. Maybe in the past they would have done the same thing if they'd been playing tougher schedules before and playing these types of teams. And we're just seeing it sooner than we normally see it. I, and before I, I want Chuck to, to chime in on this, but. Uh, Everybody's playing tougher schedules now, sure. and we're seeing more early losses. Oh, I'm not making excuses for the Big 12. I'm just saying, right. man, this is who they've always been. Right. Chuck, I, but you, I think you bring up a great point in that Baylor has not scheduled any tougher opponents. Oh, exactly. I mean, it depends on what you want to do, but I would uh, maintain that, and again, you know, when you go back to the previous decade, it's almost like ancient history, but back in – if you want to go back to, let's say, 2008, when the Big 12 South was, I think, the the toughest division of football, you know, even tougher, you know, than uh, than the SEC West. I mean, 
you don't think that Oklahoma and Texas and Texas Tech and A&M could have played tough non-conference games? In fact, they did. You know, Oklahoma's played them for a long time. Sometimes you pay the price. But overall, it can't be a situation where not only are you losing those games, you're losing games to the American. You're losing games to the MAC, for crying out loud. I know what happened at Stillwater, and the officials blew it, and everybody, nobody knew the rule. But still, you don't put yourself in that position. So what's good? You know what's going to happen here at Texas. You're on your way there now, and uh, and maybe we'll know something by the time you get there. Uh, but I, I have to say, I've never been blown away by Vance Bedford as a defensive coordinator. At when a guy, it, the head coach, that's his forte is that particular side of the ball, and obviously defense is Charlie Strong's side of the ball. I I usually give that guy a little extra, you know. Uh, uh, credit there because I, I'm thinking that this is really the, the head coach's defense, not Vance Bedford's. But I have to say also that uh, we, we've seen what uh, happened at Texas with his previous offensive coordinator. was not That was not a good situation. They go out and they get a good guy. Of course, it takes the president and the AD to go and get him, uh, I guess you'd say. But uh, is that what's going to have to happen here on defense? Is, is someone going to have to go out and, and get a new defensive coordinator for Charlie? Yeah, but, but that's a great question. I mean, are, are we looking at a Sean Watson situation where, uh, I, and I don't think uh, it may be a Sean Watson situation, but it's going to be one that's going to be a little more subtle. It's not going to be a dramatic announcement. It's going to be more along the lines that you'll have Charlie Strong, if he's not calling the defense, he's definitely going to be sitting in in the, uh, in the defensive group, you know, defensive coaches room a lot more. I mean, remember, this is how Charlie Strong made his bona fides, you know, at Florida, you know, on, on teams that won a national championship, concocting things. Even at Louisville, where he had Vance Bedford, again, you know, he had a, a top-ranked defense in 2012. I mean, this is, um, you know, it might be the sort of situation where uh, he, he kind of takes over without the announcement, kind of what Gary Patterson does at TCU where it's clear that it's Gary Patterson's defense. I mean, Charlie Strong said back in August, no, this is Vance Bedford's defense. He's the one calling it. Well, at this point in time, and looking at what Texas has to face in the Big 12, I mean, Davis Webb is a nice quarterback. You know, and, you know, given his size and measurables and all this, he may go in the first round of the draft, but he's not, you know, what, what Cal's throwing at you isn't going to be anything more than what, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, definitely not what Tech will throw at you with Patrick Mahomes or, or what Baylor will throw at you with Seth Russell and KD Cannon. I mean, this is, you know, just uh, daily life at the Big 12. And you can't count on uh, if, if you put up 43 points, 580 yards, and have 200-yard rushers, you should win football games. But, if you're the University of Texas. But go, going back to, even to uh, the Max last days, it seems all they do with Texas is shuffle coordinators around. Is, is, is this my imagination? At the end, I think at, I have. At the end of, yeah, at the end of Max days, and, and we've gone through it now with Charlie on, on the uh, offensive coordinator, now we're going to do it on the defensive coordinator. Well, that wasn't even the coordinator he wanted, the offensive coordinator, Sean Watson. He wanted somebody else. Who, who was it that he was trying to hire, Chuck, instead of uh, Sean Watson? Uh, a guy by the name of Tom Herman yeah. might have heard of him. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think did he got any, on what, some what, other stuff. Whatever happened to him? 
I, I don't know. Steve Patterson didn't think he was worth the cash. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, and, and, and speaking of, of, of Tom Herman, see, what makes this really bad at Oklahoma's second loss now is that now that's screwing Houston because – of their win over Oklahoma. And where which, did you go to school? I went to Houston. Okay. But I, what I'm talking about is from a, a, purely from a Texas standpoint, the state of Texas standpoint here, this is a, a cataclysmic, except for A&M, you know, is, is now 3-0 and and is making some moves and doing some good things now. But a, a, everything else is going bad for everyone in this league, not only the Big 12 but in Texas. And, and, and Chuck, remind me why the Big 12 didn't want Louisville. Because of you know, part of it. I mean, there's there's some people blaming Texas. I don't think. You know, I remember talking with the Lost Odds. And he really didn't have a dog in that fight between West Virginia and Louisville. He was kind of, you know, ambivalent. It was basically when you look at it at, <coughs> at that time, West Virginia was coming off going to the Fiesta Bowl, if I remember correctly, uh, under Bill Stewart to win over Oklahoma, and and Louisville was uh, just. You know, Charlie was in his second year, 7-6 first year, going to finish 7-6 second year. You had kind of a hangover from Steve Cragthorpe. So, yeah, you had a, a you know, a, a dynamite basketball program, but football was driving this. And at that time, yeah, it's easy to say now, why the heck didn't uh, the Big 12 go all in on both? But, yeah, I mean, West Virginia was probably slightly better picked. The networks liked West Virginia. That swayed people. That's what I always heard it was ESPN, that ESPN wanted. Yeah, ESPN wanted West Virginia, but they would bring more to the table, more of a national, more of a little bit of a better-known brand. At the same time, when it was clear that Louisville was on the upswing, that's when I blamed Texas, because the loss was telling the Big Big 12 on, hey, we can get Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to eventually have to join a conference or at least have a scheduling agreement with the conference. We don't want to do anything to mess that up. They were never coming to the Big 12. And whether this was a case of Notre Dame playing Texas in the Big 12, <coughs> excuse me, I get choked up on that, um, or a case of maybe the loss not wanting to go beyond 10 teams using that as, as an excuse, who knows? But I think they missed an opportunity there to just say, hey, forget the round-robin stuff. Let's Louisville sitting out there. Grab them now. Go to 11. Then if you want to grab a Cincinnati or a Houston or BYU to go to 12, it's pretty easy to do at that point. Uh, I, listen, the, the thing on Louisville, I'm not going to fault the big, the big 12 for not including Louisville at this point. The, the football program has been resurgent. But it's also sold its sold it's sold its soul to the devil in hiring Bobby Petrino. You just hate Bobby Petrino. Oh, oh, he is the worst guy in college football. I mean, let, let, that's covering some ground there. It, he is the worst guy in college football, and um, I, I have no doubts that he will either fly the coop there and and head to a bigger program and leave that pro, that, that but, program in the wake, or they will end up in some kind of serious NCAA issue. But Louisville is at least shown, and the basketball program also might could. Pretty the good. basketball program has its own issues. It has its own issues too, and. But I think you could leave it Which to, I, I would to Louisville say, to find a coach if if uh, Petrino goes to find an up and coming or a, a, a guy to keep it going. They had a guy like that, Charlie Strong. Yes, yeah. I, I I don't really have an issue with with the Big Twelve passing on on Louisville. I really don't. And they're a better fit for the ACC. I mean, they were a better fit for the ACC. Louisville would be better than West Virginia. 
Louisville would always been better than West Virginia. Overall program, I don't think so. Oh. Well, you, you can't have a you can't have a school that's that far. It's in another time zone. So is so Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, but it's a farther time zone. Farther time zone. It's farther east. I mean, if they if the the one thing that would have making making that would have made some sense the making the making sense <laughs> is Georgia? that a, is a that's a triple A team, right? No, they were the making the making whoopies. Actually, they were a team at one point in time. Yeah, but um, would have made some sense. Yeah, if you did bring in Louisville from a from a time zone and from a from a travel partner perspective, if you had brought in Louisville and West Virginia at the same time, but you were sitting there having to bring in TCU, so um, uh, that just wasn't going to work unless you were expanding by three. Let, let so let, let's get this let's back, get back to Chuck. Let's I want to ask Chuck a question. No, no, no. no. Let me ask Chuck a question because it's, oh, he needs you're, a Because you're wearing your TCU purple today. You as, could ask. As are you. I'm wearing my Millsaps purple today. Okay, go ahead. Chuck, so so with everything that's happened now, which which – I'm not going to just say the Big 12. This which is my question from, I was going to ask. Which team, from ask Texas, which team from Texas has the best chance at the college football playoff? I still think Houston, because they have a shot against uh, Louisville in Houston late in the season, they have a better chance of running the table. I mean, I, I like what A&M is doing, quite honestly. But the idea of A&M having to win the SEC West Beat Alabama at Bryant Denny Stadium. That's a hard chore. You're not beating. Uh, you're not beating Alabama no. in, in 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 Tuscaloosa. I, did you watch any They've of that game that this weekend? I watched all that game this weekend. I, against, I mean, against Mississippi, the, when Mississippi was up twenty-one points. Yes, they were, and Alabama came back and won that by by I believe eleven points. Did, no, it got close. It got closer than that. What was the final score, Barry? Uh, oh, Chuck, what was the final score? It was about like four or five points. They scored two. Mississippi I scored it was forty-one thirty. Oh, I believe. Yeah, Miss Old Miss closed late. Thank you. onside kick recovered it, and then Alabama ran out the clock. Yeah. So, so what was that final score, Evan? That you're looking up? Oh my God! Here you go, Barry. The final score was forty-eight forty-three. That's five points. Okay. But that Alabama offensive line is just going to plow over anybody, and they will they will just keep the ball all game if they want to. But what happened to the Alabama defense? I, that that's a good question. What what's going on? I, that's the thing that's that's striking to me this season is is seeing these teams play such poor defense and give up so many points. I mean, you know, I I go to the A and M UCLA game. I'm about to write that. All right, looks like A and M has a defense. And John Chavis has has put this thing together and everything's going well. I go down there on the field in the fourth quarter. They give up over 200 yards of total offense in the fourth quarter against UCLA. 200 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. And that's and, and that's we we're seeing that across the country just like in the in the Texas Cal game. Who would imagine that Cal would have hung those kind of uh, points and yards on Texas defense? I not that I think Texas defense is great, but I certainly think it's better than that, isn't it? Well, and and the situation is that you look at it, there was a whole lot of confusion there plus some of the things Texas did in that game. I mean, they're giving soft cushions. A guy like Davis Webb is going to take full advantage of it. They're they're really, I mean, the guys who, you know, people were raving about, you know, Roach and Hager as kind of the guys who, you know, specialists who brought pressure up. He has to even play in the first half. And, and the next thing you know, Davis Webb is in a comfort zone. I mean, he's not getting pressured. Now, yeah, that Texas had a couple sacks, but he didn't look uncomfortable back there for all the talk about, you know, try, trying to force him and all this. And, uh, he's not the most nimble guy. Let's put it like this: to be charitable. And and but when he's 
in a rocking chair back there. Yeah, he's going to pick you apart. He's going to do what he does. He's got a former walk-on receiver catching 12 passes for 196 yards. I mean, uh, by the way, quick quiz. Who's the, uh, who's the offensive coordinator at Cal? I know that because uh, they showed him on TV. Give us a hint. Go ahead. Give us a hint. Just give us the answer. Yeah, we're too stupid to guess, Chuck. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, Spadaval. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, Uh, yeah, Jake Jake Spadaval. That's right. I remember seeing him on the sideline now. Yeah, well, you know, that's still. He's the mastermind. You know, it's like, and and maybe you want to say he's just running, you know, Sonny Dykes' offense, which could be. Uh, but he's still calling the plays. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look up and down. You know, you look at what Louisville did to uh, to Florida State, and I know Florida State's about their best defensive player, but still Florida State has athletes out there. And, and you know, Lamar Jackson looks like a cross between Vince Young and Michael Vick, for crying out loud. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, basically, you know, offenses have, offenses have become weaponized for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're putting up huge amounts. I mean, uh, Oklahoma State put up 45, and then Mason Merrill threw for 520 on a Pat Dartoozy defense against Pitt. That's, that's pretty salty. So, yeah, it's yeah, you're going to have to score points, and you're going to have to find a way to get stops. I mean, Cal had uh, 18 plays of 11 yards or more against Texas. Right, so, so, Chuck, did that get him – did that put Sonny Dykes in the Baylor sweepstakes? I know he was being considered as a as a successor to uh, to the interim coach uh, Jim Grobe. Do do you think that that makes him any better candidate now? He beat in Texas two years in a row. I mean that uh, that kind of helps things. Yeah. I mean I don't know how good Cal's going to be. They they have that loss to San Diego State, which is a really good group of five team. But uh, you know if they can get you know. Seven, eight wins. I know he's not. There were reports he wasn't terribly happy with Cal and the commitment to football out of Cal. It was kind of like even uh, some sort of question whether he'd be back this year or not. But yeah, I think he's a Texas guy. Um, I think that might be a good fit. He's certainly going to play the kind of friendly offense that, uh, if it's not exactly art system, it's a similar enough system. It's part of that coaching tree, at least a little bit, where, yeah, uh, that uh, the Baylor fans are used to. All right. Here's the question I've got for you, Chuck, at this point. Um, A&M is 3-0. A&M has A&M's beaten UCLA. They beat Auburn on the road. What are the chances that come October 22nd they roll into Tuscaloosa unbeaten and that that is a legitimate showdown for the eight, for the uh, SEC West? I, I think that's at least plausible. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm not, you know, you look at it and um, you have South Carolina, nothing, nothing special there. I mean, Muschamp will play good defense, but again, they'll do something stupid. The offense will deliver whatever. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, they're, what, 14th in the country, but nobody's believing in Tennessee right now. Yeah, Tennessee's so, bubble. Tennessee's bubble's going to burst. What about Arkansas? You got Arkansas this, this week. week in, in at Jerry, Jerry World. World. 
and and and, and Arkansas Cowboys Stadium. That's always a tight game, a close game. A and M usually finds a way to win. Uh, yeah, I, I think when you look at it, yeah, could A and M be undefeated going and maybe a top five, top sixteen going into you know Tuscaloosa? Yeah, that's, that's certainly a possibility, and uh, Kevin Sherrington would definitely be there, right? That quarterback, I believe, has beaten Alabama before. Yes, I believe I believe he has at, at some point. And I think that might be written about in the build-up to that game. But so, uh, how good, exactly how good is he? Knight. Trevor Knight. Hi, Knight, yeah. He, he's uh, he, at, at, at his best. He's a very high-quality game manager. And I, I'm not saying that as a negative. Alabama's won national titles with high-quality game managers, like uh, Greg McElroy, people like that. Mm-hmm. And and he's mobile enough, and and he does bring the intangibles. You know, that, 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 that team, those players on that team are crazy about him. They they, right. they love Trevor Knight. If you, you, oh, you yeah. listen to those guys talk about him and the things that he does, and, of course, you know, he's, he's just an all-in kind of guy. Sure. You know, he, he comes up, and he's talking to players, he's telling them, I, I love you. I mean, it's just like – you know, wow, this is like a, a love fest down here. Well, that's how Evan acts in the sports department. It is like that. He always comes up and tells us he loves us. But, you know, I think part of the thing, too, is that they were so ready for to have some quarterback take over the position and be, you know, and be the leader of the team. And stay there. And stay there, you know, for more than be a year. Be happy to be there. And, and so I think that has really done a lot to settle that situation down um, and, and kind of give them that. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I think he is a game manager, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I, I think if he can keep from throwing interceptions and, and run the plays and do what they're supposed to do, they've got enough talent. It looks like Ricky Seals-Jones is finally becoming kind of what they wanted him to be. He's not great, but he's, he's, he's better. He's more useful than he was before. Barry's making faces. I think he's, he's been one of the – and I have this debate with my Aggie son all the time. Yeah? I think he's been a, a tremendous disappointment. Well, I mean, from what he was, what, supposed, what to he was be. supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, everybody thought he was going to be the greatest receiver in the country. He's big, fast. You know, what, what's not to like about the guy? But he, he hasn't hey, been. Hey, a, warning to, uh, a warning to you guys uh, – as much as I've liked our time here, I'm running to an infamous dead spot here on I-35. So uh, you may be losing me momentarily on this, but uh, enjoyed this time. But, uh, yes, if I go dead, it's not because of boredom or because I got ticked off. Or you saw another bucket. Or, 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 or is there a state trooper in your uh, rearview mirror? He's gone. He's he gone. He, he, knew knew he knew it. He knows his I-35. Wow. That's bizarre. He's no. a, that's the that's the uh, that's the uh, trying. I think he got there. another call. Yeah, um, that was Chuck Carlton. Everybody, uh, we, we love having Chuck on. Chuck it's, predicted it's like, his own doom. It he was uh, it was great. It was great to hear from him. Uh, so, Kevin. Okay, here's here's the scenario for your Houston Cougars. Yes, they play nobody other than Louisville on November twelfth. Okay, so what do you want them to play more than one team on November twelfth? No, no, they they play nobody until they get until, until they get to Louisville no, on November twelfth. You 12th. need an editor. They're going to uh, teams are going to bypass them. Yeah, despite whatever Houston does, Louisville has its big showdown on October first at Clemson. Okay, Louisville loses that game. You think? Let's let's say they lose. I don't think they do. Um, it's good. I, that's the one test. Yeah, Clemson's Clemson hasn't looked very good this year. They've been up and down. 
They, uh, look, they, they, look, they look good against South Carolina State the other day. Wow. South Carolina State. Okay. I'd say that Clemson might be the most disappointing team in the – well, uh, Florida State would have to be. Well, uh, Oklahoma? You're not, uh, Oklahoma hasn't been disappointing? Yeah, but, but Clemson had the – you know. No, I, I, I don't think – I mean, I, what Kevin's saying is the most uh, – I, I think the, the, the most likely unbeaten team to, to plummet here. And I think you have to – I mean, look, it, when you've lost two games like Oklahoma has, yeah, you're a disappointment. Right. What, what you're saying is Clemson's the, the, the most overrated team, I think, in the country. Well, right that now. is now. Yeah. Don't even speak. Let Evan speak for you. Is that what you're show. saying? Or, ahead, or, or would you like Barry to intersect with some South Carolina Inter- state talk? Interject. Not intersect. <laughs> interject. <laughs> or intercept. There we uh, go. Barry, you just have me bamboozled. Look yes. at little Evan. <laughs> I think the two most overrated teams in the country right now are Clemson and and even though it's they're they're only fourteen, I I, I still think Tennessee is overrated. But Could they've be. been the pick to to win the SEC East and they haven't been impressive at all. Uh, but Houston's got to run the table to have a shot at at the playoffs. Sure, if they do run the table and they beat a Louisville team that's that's once beaten at that point in time, do they get into the playoffs? You know, Louisville's playing so well, and Lamar Jackson, who's now the leading contender for the Heisman Trophy, right. I don't know that at this point, if he keeps this up, I think he's a shoe-in to win it. Uh, so, uh, I, I if, if you beat Louisville and uh, and you're undefeated, then you're in, I think. If, if Louisville continues to play well. Even, even if Louisville – because you know that if Louisville loses to Clemson, everybody's going to uh, – that yeah right you know I don't think they're going to lose to Clemson I think they're going to beat Clemson and and so uh, I I cannot believe we're talking about a Louisville Clemson game on this podcast how about that yeah uh, but you know the, the problem is going to be that look you know it's just the same old it's the usual suspects you, know, you got Alabama number one here Ohio State <laughs> they're, they're two pretty good teams oh I know but know. I mean it's I mean, it, they lost all those players they graduated Alabama and had three hundred and thirty eight yards on the ground against Ole Miss they had a pair of 140 yard rushers against a pretty good Ole Miss team. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. when you were, I watched that game, you watched that game. Ole well, Mi- apparently oh. I only watched it until it was 41:30. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Uh, but you had other things to do, I know. But uh, but but Ole Miss, uh, did you ever th- I thought I was I kept waiting for Alabama to come back. Did you think the game was over when 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 Ole Miss was up by 21? No, because Ole Miss blew a 21 point lead against FSU. Right. Uh, you know, the, right. they have they played very well against Alabama. In the they last played few very years. good. They played very good football for half this year, right? Um, and it was an old Miss too. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I, I don't, I don't take Alabama out of any game. I, was I surprised that they fell down by twenty-one? Yes. And um, what's what's Ohio State's uh, uh, schedule for the rest of the way? Who we got? Let's see. For, Ohio for the State. The Buckeyes. The Buckeyes. You know, they play that in that Big Ten conference, which I'm not a big fan of. But they play Rutgers this week. That's a win. Or actually, they're off this week, and then they play Rutgers. And then? Indiana. Win. At Wisconsin. Win. Who looked like very beatable against my Georgia State Panthers this weekend. Yeah. Against everybody. At Penn State, which is a win. Win. Yeah. Uh, Home against Northwestern. Speaking of which, Oh, that could be a good game. Northwestern, my alma mater. Home against Nebraska, who was... Who came back and beat or- a, a decent Oregon team this the, week? Uh, but I you think that, that game is in the in shoe. Columbus. The game is the shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The horseshoe. Okay, Jacques. The horseshoe. Um, at Maryland, 
And then they've got their two tests at the end of the season at Michigan State and then home against Michigan in the big game. And then that'll be very tough. Yep. And, and those games are always tough for them. But I had to say right now. They're going to roll into those two games 10 and 0. There's no doubt. Yeah. So I'd have to say right now. If you're, I mean, there's not even a doubt on there, is you there? Have to, let him say what he wants to say. <laughs> that Alabama and Ohio State are in. I mean, even if Ohio, what, no, no, what not if, enough, they don't. And I'm just saying right now, that I think they're going to be okay. I, I think that those those two will be in with Houston. I think, and who else? I think no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm not sure Houston can beat Louisville. What if Baylor? What if Baylor runs the table, Evan? No, there's no, no way. I, what if they run the table? If they run the table and they're and they're and they're twelve and zero, I tell you, I don't think they get in. And I don't think because, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm because tra- of the schedule, or because, because of the, the or because they're of the history. They, because of the, the schedule, and because they they were going to say to them, "You didn't get in uh, before, and we're not going to let you in this time." Either. They don't. And and here's here again is where the thing that cost them before comes back to haunt them. They do not have a power five opponent anywhere on the schedule. Okay, outside of the conference, no. right? More and more teams are scheduling at least one power five opponent. And then you look at the Big 12, and you you know we are now about to get into conference scheduling. The Big 12 has three wins over over Power Five schools. Oklahoma State beat Pitt, which is not a great club. Texas beat not no- bad. Texas beat Notre Dame, which now also looks a little. No, bit, but that's yeah. that's a good win. It's a good win. That's a good win. Well, it was a better win before. It's it not, was, it's but, not it's, so good but it was now. better before Notre Dame. Hey, lost they scheduled the game. Notre Dame. They played Notre Dame. That's I'm, uh, you and they beat them. It, I, uh, I, I'm saying that, but I'm also saying that Notre Dame is not going to carry the same weight at the end of the season. It's the same thing as Houston's win over Oklahoma. Right. That's not going to carry the same weight at the end of the year. Correct. And then uh, um, uh, West Virginia beat Missouri, which is not a very good team either. So the Big Twelve. Has not shown up well, and that you know when they start looking at, at how you played outside of the conference, well, could, could a Big Twelve team be in Frisco at the end of the season to play uh, North Dakota State? Maybe. Wow. Well, North Dakota State, which should be the front runner for the Big Twelve. Yeah, you know? maybe the, they should be going for that. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, that's the problem here. Is that uh, the- I, I think they're I, I think it as hard as you could say it at this point in time, three weeks into the season, I would say oh, the Big Twelve is out of the playoff picture. I think that they probably are, because because here's the thing, you I I can almost predict that that Bader will get beat at least once in Big Twelve yes. play. Yeah, I, because Texas is beating them. Uh, because I, I can see Oklahoma beating them. I can but see TCU uh, could beat them. I can see TCU beating them. I can see all those. All right, Baylor's got Oklahoma State at home in Waco. They've got. And I think that was a pretty good win for Oklahoma State over Pitt, by the way. It, it was a, it was a good look. Any win over Power Five right now is good for the Big Twelve. Yeah. Um, Pitt's still not not elite. They're not. It's, it's elite. not elite. No, yeah. but it's, it's still a good win. But they're the they're they're the best school in Pennsylvania. I guess you could say at this. You point. You could say that. Wow. Speaking of um, James Franklin, do you think maybe that they're regretting they hired him at Penn State? That didn't. Really, that hasn't worked out so well. Um, they've got the Texas game is in Austin. And then they back up the next week and play TCU at Baylor. Then they go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I like that. <laughs> they go to Oklahoma, so they've got a three-week stretch there where they where they go Texas at Texas, home against TCU, and then at Oklahoma. Yeah. So that's that's clearly going to be the test for them. And I, I don't know that they've got anything that that really prepares them for that. I tell you right now, I couldn't even tell you who I think will win the Big Twelve. At, at this point, I mean, I, I just don't see, you know, obviously we're going to see a lot at the State Fair uh, when Texas and Oklahoma play, and and I've got no feel for that game right now. Um, I, I think in, in watching Oklahoma play 
Baker Mayfield, who I had as a as a top five Heisman candidate, uh, he he's basically played them into these two losses. We'll, we'll we will find out. I think a lot this week. Is it this week or is it next week? It is this week, right? They're at TCU. No, they take a week off and then they go to TCU. Right. And they've got to rebound from these two losses. Now these two losses are to what are you know basically top five programs right now. So uh, they've got they've got two as good losses as they can be, and they've they've got a clean slate going into the Big Twelve schedule. So well, the, the problem with that for me with that Ohio State game was. It, it wasn't five minutes into the game, and you go, "Oh my gosh, the Sooners are going to lose this game." Right? They they look completely o- outclassed, outclassed, shaken, right. and, a, and a home game. I mean, it was just like they they had no clue what to do there. And you know, speaking of defensive coordinators, you know, uh, Mike Stoops in his return to Oklahoma has not exactly distinguished himself. And I'm just wondering at some point. Uh, if Brother Bob is going to have to say, well, at some Mike, point in time, is, is, is Brother Bob going to be on the hot seat? When is the last time Bob Stoops won a big game? Well, you know, well, we, we had we had uh, tell him about our guest last week. We when had he wasn't Barry, here. We had he Barry Trammell on last week, here. and Barry says that he thinks that Bob will be there as long as he wants to be there. He says that there are rank and file people who don't like Bob, obviously, mm-hmm. but he says that the people who uh, who pay the pay for the freight on everything up there at Oklahoma love, love Bob. Bob. And that he is. They might have a show. Love that Bob. Love that Bob. Yeah, and I and, and you know I, I think it's past time. Bob's not going to the pros now. He's not going to the NFL. Right. No one's going to hire him at this point. I right. don't think. Uh, and so uh, you know, and and it's not exactly like he's doing enough to go to a, a pro. I mean, how many programs are bigger than Oklahoma? Not many, but I, I I do think we address this more in the vein of of Texas previously. But you know what Oklahoma competes with now is. You've got the SEC going into Texas to take a bunch of those kids out of there. You've got more Big 12 competition in Texas. The programs like Baylor, TCU, and Houston have all started to get uh, more of the kids from from the Texas base that they've gotten. So has their recruiting base shrunk a little bit? It has. They're they're eating into it. All those programs are having to go more national than they used to. Even Texas. Texas is going more national than it used to, especially when you have University of Houston signing a guy like Ed Oliver. You know, that's the thing that Oklahoma misses to me is that at one time, Oklahoma was kind of like Alabama. Boy, they, they could, had to, They could come into the state of Texas. Barry Switzer, come, I hate to go back to Barry Switzer. Well, even, was, I mean, even the, the days of Bob Stoops, yeah. they, would, they would have some of the best defensive tackles in the country. Right. And when's the last time that Oklahoma had those kind of tackles in that the defensive line? You know, they, they haven't had a dominant defensive front here in a while. They've had some great linebackers, and they have some great guys in the secondary, skilled people. But, you know, when you're – that's what separates, to me, the really elite programs like Alabama, is that Alabama, you know, Nick Saban wins every year with a quarterback who's okay. You know, he's not a bad quarterback, but he's not great. He's a game manager. As he, wins every, he, he wins every year with a mountain of an offensive line, and in a lot of those years, a mountain of a defensive line. Oh, absolutely, and more, and more so on the defensive side. Those, those are the guys you – know, his front sevens are guys that, that everybody in the NFL wants. Right. And so and that's, that's the difference. That's why you're surprised when you see 43 points that go on the board. Yes, right? absolutely, and that's what I'm talking about. That's why I don't understand what's going on. You know, when, when Alabama's giving up those kind of points, then there's really something happening. Yes, there. but Lane – Kiffin will always have an answer on the offensive side of the ball. How great was that when, when two weeks ago uh, when, when Nick, Saban aired him out? When aired him out. Did you hear what he called that too? Someone said someone at the press conference afterwards asked him what was the argument about, and Nick said, 
That wasn't in an argument. That was an ass chewing. Yes. I, I thought, what a great line from the head coach. Of course, they had just doubled uh, Lane's salary uh, that week from 700000 to $1.4 I heard Jason Garrett say the same thing the other day, by the way. Yeah, you did. No, you did you, not I, hear that. We'll get into this on the Cowboys podcast, but Jason Garrett yesterday, the, the quote that I heard in the postgame press conference was, we played our asses off. And that was like Jason trying to be very emotional, and it it's still being, came across as... Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, Jimmy Carter did that one time, didn't he? Did I, he say, I I know he said I have lust in my heart. No, I think he said I'll whip his ass. I think he he said that at one time. That it's not like a tough guy. Yeah, talking well, about Kennedy, I think. Which Kennedy? Well, it was the, the only one left at that point, <laughs> sir. I think it was Ted. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. which Kennedy? Um. Well, listen, we are going to sign off and get ready for the Rangers podcast, and then we've got the Cowboys wrap ups. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.